Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. It's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. Who's John Council? That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Chance to my history. It's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. Oh, geez, I can't believe it. Here, just a second here. Can you still hear me? Okay, I know this sounds like crap, but I know it's going to be wonderful on the podcast when you tune in. You might all have a laugh. My goodness, here it is. It's like 9 to 25 to 10, and I had to go through like a million different technical difficulties, call some tech people, and we are now on the air, okay? And I know nobody's listening, because the only way I have, uh, the only way I could, I can uh, uh, get things out there when I'm, uh, uh, the only thing, only way I can uh, communicate when I'm not online, is through Twitter and through Facebook. And so here I am right now letting everybody know, yes, I'm on air, and even Twitter's not working yet now. Gee, you can't believe this. I mean, when one thing breaks down, everything breaks down. So if you can hear me on Twitter, you can hear me on Twitter. If you get the message on Twitter, it replays over into Facebook. And uh, I was, I've been trying for 45 minutes to get on air. And as I've mentioned before, and I know there's hardly anybody listening, but, you know, like when people tune in, they want to know the things live. So those of you that are tuned in right now, this is going to sound really silly, but uh, 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 I, have to, I have to make noise so that people know this thing is live. I've told you folks before, when you're broadcasting, you know, online in, in your own, like, uh, home studio here, uh, there are at least seven different pieces of software that all have to work harmoniously or you do not get on air and if you get one little thing on those in the software if one little thing is out of whack well then you know you don't broadcast it's as simple as that so to you know all uh, you know 12 of you that are listening right now uh, uh open line open topic if you want to go for it seven uh, <laughs> i almost came up with my phone number there my home phone number 3437104390 is the capital region number that's 3437104390 
And uh, long distance, if you're calling from those faraway exotic places like, I don't know, like uh, Gondola Point, uh, New Brunswick, if you're calling from uh, Hohokus, uh, New Jersey, Accident, Maryland, if you're calling from Cranky Corner, Louisiana, I would probably want to join you tonight. Uh, 1-844-562-4766 is the number to call. That's 1-844-562-4766. Now, people that tune in later or people that grab the podcast of this, and uh, I'm looking at the schedule on the software that we use that allows us to be on air for a certain amount of time. We may may not be able to fill in the you know get the full two hours in tonight, okay? And uh, uh, but it's going to be as I'm looking at, we're going to go past eleven tonight, okay? I promise you, we're going to go past eleven. Maybe not that far past eleven, but we will go past eleven for you people that have hung in here and uh, put up with the nonsense and and actually, you know, decided to come back and see whether it was on air or not. Yet I am on air. Here I am in living color. And uh, let me see. I got, you can email me as well, jcouncil at, C- uh, at cfra.com. Boy, haven't used that in over a year. It's unbelievable how that's force of habit, eh? That's the first time in a year and a half I've given out that, that, that address online. jc at latenightcouncil.com. It's jc at latenightcouncil.com. Oh, yeah, this is great, man. Never heard you like that before. You really sound out of it. Well, I am out of it, okay? Frustrated. I'm not a tech guy, Okay. And so I'm on the phone uh, calling the tech guys that, you know, like they're probably in bed. Hey, Mike, wake up. Mike, what am I going to do here? Well, try this, try that, try this. I rebooted the system. I turned it all on and off again. Uh, But the bottom line is here we are. Okay, we're going for it. So JC at LateNightCouncil.com if you want to get in an email. Uh, you can tweet at me at JWCouncil, and I've got all kinds of notifications all over the place where, uh, yeah, you know, uh, people are saying, ah, where are you, where are you, I'm dying, you know, i got to get my fix. Well, here we are, and if you want to call anybody else that uh, regularly listens and let them know, yeah, he's on, he's on, okay. Uh, uh, 343-743-90, though that is the number to connect with me here, okay. That's all up and running. It looks good, and uh, um and one eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. I I owe my sponsors. I got to get a sponsor uh, break in here, and uh, we might play a tune or two. We'll see. And uh, uh, I'm going to take a, a real short break though, and then we'll be right back. It's I, I got a great show for, planned for tonight as well. You know, I mean, it's just absolutely awesome, and uh, uh, so much good stuff to get to. And I can only I've only got about like an hour and a half or so to get into it. So we're gonna do the we're gonna do the break, and then we'll be right back. This is Late Night Council. This is Late Night Council. Stay with us.
GMM Group is the authorized Integraspect distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600. Well, they're not falling from the sky. It's, uh, the end of the world didn't come yesterday. Kind of disappointed. Remember last week we were talking about, like, it didn't make it as big as, you know, other times where it's hit the media and everybody's buzzing about it and everybody's yakking and screaming about how silly it is to try and predict when Jesus is coming back. Remember last week it was, Twitter was all abuzz about this guy who said Jesus was coming back yesterday. And, and I was kind of disappointed, you know, because every time somebody's wrong, I go, dude, man, you know. I keep hoping that one of these days, you know, uh, one of these date setters is going to get it right, you know? And I know they're not because the Bible says, you know, you don't know the time of the hour. And, and Jesus even said to his disciples, it's not for you to know. So c- quit knocking yourself out with this nonsense and, you know, g- get to the job of doing what you're supposed to do. I, I, I wonder if there's anybody tuning in tonight for the first time and you're, and, you're, and you're thinking, man, I heard, you know, that he was back on the air. But, man, I never think it was going to be this nuts. It's a little crazy tonight, folks, because I, I had to battle through 35 minutes of technical difficulties before I could get on the air tonight. Okay. And uh, so my apologies for that, my sincerest apologies, and uh, I'm going to try and, you know, do a phenomenally fantastic show, even though we're only going to go for about an hour and a half tonight, or maybe a little bit over an hour and a half. We're going to go past 11, okay? How's that sound? That's the least I can do for you. Um, Now, Jesus didn't come back yesterday, but found this, I found this is really cool. This was, uh, came out of Christian Post Reporter, California residents surprised as end of the world message interrupts TV programming. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? You know, you're watching TV and all of a sudden, you know, Orson Welles comes on and says that, you know, Martians are invading or something. Okay, I'll give you a bit of the story here. A number of Orange County, like I'm very familiar with Orange County. I got friends in Orange County. Okay, I was there even last week, uh, last month to watch a ball game and see my friends there. Okay. A number of Orange County, California residents said that they were surprised when television programming on Thursday was interrupted by what seemed like an end of the world message. One resident, Stacy LaFlemme shared with the Orange County Register that an emergency alert flashed across her screen Thursday morning as she was watching the Home and, the Home and Garden TV channel via Cox Communications. And apparently it showed up on other channels, too. So this is kind of cool. Realize this. This is what the message says. Realize this. Extremely violent times will come, a man's voice stated in the alert. Laflamme said she was alarmed and compared the voice to Hitler talking. Well, he's talking English. Hitler only talked in German. How would he be like Hitler? Come on now. She said that it sounded like a radio broadcast coming through the television. Cool, eh? CBS Los Angeles added that many residents took to social media to discuss what some found to be an end-of-the-world prediction, with one woman stating that the man's voice, which is yet to be identified, spoke about the second coming of Jesus Christ. A spokesman at Cox said the alert was likely the work of a hacker. 
I would think a darn good hacker too. Wow. I mean, if you can if you can interrupt like cable programming and do your own stuff. Now, haven't you always wanted to do that? You know, is there something within you that just wishes, boy, I'd just like to take over and have some fun, you know, like anonymously? I don't. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm weird. I, I've often thought, boy, what would I say? What would I do? Oh, you could have some fun with that, especially if you could stay anonymous, you know? Scare the daylights out of people or something. I don't know. Make a political statement. Tell them, you know, sing Jesus loves me. Loves me. I don't know. I also always thought that would be cool. It's open line, open topic, folks. It's Ask the Pastor. That's the way uh, late night council works. You know, you bring anything you want to the program. I do my best to give you the biblical perspective on it. And, uh, you know, the show is ongoing. We do it every Sunday night, uh, live 9 to 11 when we don't have technical difficulties. I would say, you know, this is the first time, I think, since February, since we fired it up again, that we've, we've been late coming on the air because of technical difficulties. And every time I have technical difficulties, I learn a little bit more about the software and online broadcasting but here's my problem i'm going to be 58 years old next year and the things that i learn you know by the time they flare up again i've forgotten okay or it's an entirely new problem that you know i didn't see coming and uh uh but here we are you don't care about that you only care about uh, you know what's going on in the world and and uh what my opinion is and that's not egotistical. I know you're tuning in because you like to know what I have to say about certain things. But really, I'm on the air because hopefully I get to hear your opinion as well. That's why I keep giving out the phone numbers. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. is long distance line. Now, I have to confess, some of you already know, I am a bit of a Trekkie. Trekker, okay? A fan of Star Trek. Um, and I'm one of those guys that goes out and gets, you know, the Starfleet technical manual. When I was a kid, I had the entire blueprints of the old Enterprise. I got this gorgeous poster that I picked up at garage sale. It cost me three bucks, and I, I put down the three bucks for it because I saw the same poster online oh, about two or three years ago, and they wanted 25, 30 bucks for it, and that was the cheapest. It goes for about 75 retail, and it's a cutaway. It is a cutaway painting of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. That Enterprise. It's a cutaway. You can see all the intricacies of the inside of the Starship Enterprise. So cool. And, and I'm a bit of a nut that way. I like the vehicles and the aliens and the worlds and all that. It's kind of crazy. I've, got, and I've been a Star Trek fan since. I remember when it was on Friday nights on NBC. It used to come on at 10 o'clock on, on NBC on Friday night, and we'd always have like our scouts uh, meeting or, or our youth meetings in the church, and we live right behind the church in Windsor, and, and you know, the kids whose parents, you know, were late picking them up, they'd come over to our house, we watched the first little bit of Star Trek. Oh, it's always so cool. So a big Star Trek fan. So, as some of you may know, you Star Trek nuts out there, there's a new Star Trek series starting up again. It's called Star Trek Discovery. And I'm kind of going, yeah, I'll give this a, you know, a, a ride. I might give it a chance here. But then I saw the trailers for it. I saw the commercial for it. The first one I saw is this week, and I think it debuts this week, okay? And have you seen this commercial, the main commercial for Star Trek Discovery? It starts out like this. All life comes from chaos. And I kind of tilted my head, you know, like the little dog on the RCA Victor logo on the old vinyl records we used to get. I got, What? Did she just say what I, or did he just say what I thought he said? All life comes from chaos. When was that ever proven? In fact, you know, if the, if the laws of science have proven anything, you can't get life from chaos. It's impossible to get life from chaos. What an utterly foolish, unscientific, and I'll go even further, religious, dogmatic statement. I mean, if science has proven anything, and, and you, in order for science to prove something, it has to be tested and verified in a laboratory. And this is what science has found under extreme controlled conditions. Life cannot come from inorganic matter. It's impossible. Okay? 
It doesn't happen. If you have living, if you have non-living uh, 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 stuff, you cannot, you put bolts of electricity through it, you add ammonia, you know, you control the atmosphere and the chemicals, do whatever you want, you know, jump through hoops. I mean, even pretend you're using a time machine, you cannot get life from inorganic matter, okay? I mean, if science can't produce anything that resembles even the simplest form of life, even under the most controlled circumstances. To believe that life comes from chaos or nothing, that's not science fiction. It's not scientific, and it's pretty bad fiction, okay? That is, that is pure fantasy-based religious dogma. And please, let's cut the hype and let's cut the scientific pretentious BS here, okay? It is fantasy-based religious dogma. It is somebody expounding their faith. Well, it's not faith if you're an atheist. I'll get out of here. Don't give me that crap. That's so tired. That's so old. To believe that nothing plus nothing plus billions of years times random chance equals everything. If you don't think that requires faith, oh my goodness, you not only do you have more faith than I do, I wonder whether you have any gray matter up there. So, just before you go watching the new Star Trek, okay, it is not science fiction. It is 0% science, it is 50% fiction, and it is 50% politically correct theophobic posturing propaganda. Did you get that word I used? Theophobic. Oh, we couldn't give credit to God anywhere. We couldn't admit, you know, that only God could create life. No, no. We've got to make a stupid, inane statement that, you know, people are so dumb, they're not going to think twice, but, you know, with what they've just heard. All life comes from chaos. Oh, my goodness. I get All idiocy comes from Hollywood. I mean, there's more philosophical and theological BS comes from out of Hollywood than, than, than you know, the, the manure in every farmer's farm across North America. All life comes from chaos. I mean, that is, that is pure theology, bad theology, stupid theology, brainless theology. Scientifically disproved theology. And when people take pot shots at faith as if, you know, they're so much more intelligent. Oh, I only go by the facts. I only go by the evidence. Oh, really? Tell me where life came from. Who created life? What created? Well, we don't know. Well, then how come you can't believe in a God? Because that's just the way I believe. Good. That's fine. Continue on with your life. But don't tell me it's not faith. That's your faith. You believe that one day we're going to find out. That one day we're going to figure it out. You got Your faith is in humanity. Your faith is in science. And it's okay to be that way, okay? You want to be that way? I mean, the Bible says some pretty dumb things about you, but you don't care what the Bible says anyway. What I'm saying is, God bless you, you know, have fun living. But don't posture yourself as some type of intellectual guru that says, well, I'm above that, you know? Because your faith isn't any different from anybody that believes in God. In fact, there's way more evidence that there's a God than, you know, everything happened from nothing, these guys are so cocky. They think they're so fun, you know. They're so oh, they're so witty. Oh yeah, I don't believe in talking snakes, you know. I don't believe in people that part, you know, the the ocean. No, you believe that everything got here from nothing, which is even dumber. Anyway, this show's about Jesus love <laughs> and the grace of God and how wonderful it is to, you know, to, to actually have a relationship with this almighty God. 
And a lot of stuff that I believe in, okay, comes from what I believe to be the surest and most reliable document on the planet for how we should live our lives, how we should re- rule our countries, and what type of priorities and values we, values we espouse. And that's the Bible, okay? Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Y'all, the Bible's been used to manipulate. Yeah, it sure has. But every time the Bible gets in people's hands and people start reading it for themselves, they can't be manipulated anymore. And the only time the Bible's been used to manipulate and produce hate is because the people that were coming under that manipulation, they weren't reading the Bible for themselves. They were taking somebody's word for it. So I'm telling people all the time, listen, you don't believe me? Take a look at what it says yourself. In fact, the last couple of weeks, I've talked a lot about the Bereans. The Bereans were people in the Bible that, you know, when Paul was preaching, because Paul wrote more than half of the New Testament. And the Bible says that the Bereans went to the scriptures and studied to see whether, you know, Paul was saying is right. And the Bible describes them as noble. So I tell people, go to the Bible. It's all there, you know. And I get, I get really uh, this pompous attitude that people that are who are biblical scholars and believe in God and reap the benefits of what it means to have Christ in your life and are having a blast living. And generally, their marriages are more solid. Generally, their kids aren't, you know, like going out and getting plastered and getting hammered and ruining their lives. I mean, it happens to followers of Christ as well. But, you know, for every, for every one that goes off the rails, there's a dozen that, you know, that really they will tell you they were protected from all that stuff because of their faith in God. So when people take pot shots at us, well, Canada's worse than the states for this, you know? I mean, I'm going to do a story later tonight on adoption agencies. You know, some of the most effective adoption agencies are the private ones because they're run by Christians. They want to make sure that these people get, you know, these kids get good good, uh, uh, homes. But because we believe in Christ, you know, we have some, you know, some views about marriage. And now they want to, there have been all sorts of uh, uh, private adoption agencies in the states have actually closed their doors. Because they would rather close the doors than compromise their beliefs on the family. And that's coming from bigoted, fascist, theophobic, Christophobic people that have way too much power and authority. They would rather have their kids not adopted and shut down most of the private adoption agencies. They would rather have kids suffering without families, okay, than letting the people who do all that work continue to practice their, you know, religious faith the way they want to. And then they describe those people as hateful. Amazing. Here's another little one. Here's another little bit of like, uh, like uh, another example of theophobic, Christophobic, you know, uh, censorship. Okay, Ric Flair. You know Ric Flair. Some people consider him to be the greatest wrestler of the 20th century. Okay, pro wrestling now. Okay, we're not talking Olympic wrestling. We're talking about that showboat stuff where they rehearse all the matches. And these guys are incredibly athletic, but it's quite a world. Okay. E- one, Quite possibly the greatest wrestler of the 20th century. Okay, he was in the news today. And the headphone, uh, the headphone, the headphones, I'm wearing headphones. The headline said, Ric Flair, I body slammed buckets of booze, he said. Wrestling legend Ric Flair has revealed that he would pile drive 20 beers or shots on a daily basis at the height of his career. The ailing nature boy, whose brush with death last month stunned the wrestling world, says he's now sworn off booze. Okay, I didn't even know he was sick. Okay? And I used to like Ric Flair. Oh, my goodness. He was so fun. His signature line was, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I would watch him wrestle. He put on a great show. He What an entertainer. Okay? Now. The online story here, the story here, I'm not going to read you the whole thing. The, the online story version of this, what I just read you comes from the Ottawa Sun. 
but the national publication, The Sun, okay? And I went after the Ottawa Sun on Twitter at the, with this, okay? You know when you want to go after somebody, you put the at sign and you go after them on their address? The online story ends delightfully by saying that Hulk Hogan came and visited Ric Flair and gave him a Bible. And Ric Flair is marveling at this because, because you know, these guys were arch rivals when they were, like, uh, you know, doing the wrestling shows, and yet they become super, super close. And, you know, why? Why would they leave out the last two paragraphs that are in the national story on the, on the you know, the Sun uh, website, canoe.ca? And I tweeted out there for you to read it, okay? Oh, we wouldn't want that Bible stuff getting in the newspaper here in Ottawa. Now, unless somebody wants to call in and prove me wrong, to me, that's Christophobic fake news. That's censorship. That is anti-Christ censorship. Prove me otherwise, please. And I know the excuse that the Ottawa said, well, we just didn't have print space for it. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that happens too often. It really does. Happens way, way, way too often. In fact, that's business as usual, okay? That's business as usual when it comes to the news. I mean, they don't want anybody knowing about, you know, people's faith convictions, especially when it has to do with Christianity. Oh, they're multi-faith if it's anything else but Christianity. But if it's following Christ, oh, my goodness. Yeah, th- th- then, you know, no, we're not going to have any of that because we're in control, you know. They like to make you think that they're giving you all the news that's important. Hey, they're, they're printing all the news that suits their agenda, okay? Speaking of wrestling... Speaking of wrestling, okay, and and again, this is like new stuff. This has been in the news, and you know, I've been a bit of a wrestling fan over the years, and I've had all kinds of them on my programs, and uh, um, I find them to be really, really, you know, interesting people, fun people. Some of them, when you get them out of the spotlight, they're some of the nicest people in the world, okay. And uh, one of those guys, you remember the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. The Million Dollar Man. Now, I have brought up his name a few times since I've, you know, been on Ask the Pastor here because he's not the same Ted DiBiase that you saw in the 80s when he was wrestling, okay? And this was in the news this week, not on your standard fake news, you know, print news. I mean news that's reliable that I try to bring to my program as often as possible. This is from Christian Post Reporter. New film on Million Dollar Man from bad boy pro wrestler to Jesus. WWE's Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase is gearing up to release a new film titled The The Price of Fame, which will chronicle his rise to fame as a bad boy wrestler to becoming a loving family man and pastor. Not giving the whole article here, but I want want you to hear some of it. The Price of Fame is a story of redemption. At the height of his character's wrestling fame, he held multiple championships, including one that he bought. However, backstage, the greatest wrestling match Ted DiBiase was having was with himself. He was a devoted family man, a pillar of his community, and a man who had faith. But on the other side was a man that was living the life he defined as sex, drugs, and professional wrestling. The Price of Fame is told through the eyes of Ted's son, former WWE superstar Ted DiBiase Jr., he journeys through pro wrestling's past to find his father's story and find his own faith all over again. Now, Ted DiBiase for years was running, a, if you can believe it, a Christian, a pro wrestling Christian circuit where a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of wrestlers have, have turned to Christ. And they didn't want to be involved in the whole uh, uh, mess that, you know, I mean, 
wrestlers are at least as decadent as, as rock stars. And they work three times as hard. And it's steroids and it's drugs and it's women and it's on the road all the time. And for every, you know, for every wrestler that you see on TV that's making more than two hundred grand a year, there are about, oh, 500 that are trying to make it because, you know, the lifestyle is promoted as being so glamorous. Well, Ted DiBiase started a Christian wrestling circuit, uh, Sting, from the uh, old WCW and, and NWA days, uh, days. His real name is Steve Borden. Sting was in that uh, league. Uh, uh, the Road Warriors were there. Buff Bagwell was in there. Uh, I think Brutus the Barber Beefcake did a stint as well. These are all wrestlers that have come to Christ in the last 15, 20 years. Back when, you know, back in the 80s, these were like household names. Today, DiBiase is a devoted Christian and full-time evangelist who travels as a motivational speaker. The ordained minister speaks to churches, youth groups, men's meetings, businesses, public schools, and universities. The, the former wrestling champ is also a spokesperson for the board and, and board member of the Sunshine Foundation, which is an organization for the terminally ill and handicapped uh, uh, children. So he's done pretty good for himself, you know? He was the guy that when he, you know, when he would win, he had a butler named Virgil that would help him in and out of the ring and everything. And when he beat you, he would stuff $100 bills in your mouth. That was his gimmick, you know? If I had a million dollars. Remember that tune? I think I'm going to go for a break, okay? Again, I apologize for us getting on late tonight and the technical difficulties that ensued. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hear from our sponsor again. And... Uh, then uh, we're going to play a tune that you're quite familiar with, especially if you're listening from Canada. And if you're not, it's got great lyrics. You Americans need to listen to it. It's kind of cool. Right back out in a couple minutes. Stay with us. EMM Group is the authorized IntegraSpec distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made IntegraSpec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at IntegraSpec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613-835-2600.
pre-wrapped sausages, but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Well, can you blame them? Uh, yeah. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a fur coat, but not a real fur coat. That's cruel. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you an exotic pet. Yep. Like a llama or an emu. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you John Merrick's remains. Ooh, all them crazy elephant bones. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy you. We just eat more and buy really expensive ketchups with it. That's right, all the fanciest ke Dijon ketchup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a green dress, but not a real green dress. That's cruel. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a well, I'd buy you some art, a Picasso or a Garfunkel. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a monkey. Haven't you always wanted a monkey? If I had a million dollars, I'd buy you. If I had a million dollars, it'd probably ruin me. Anyway, what brought that on, John? Why would you play that tune? Well, I always try to kind of weave the tunes in with stuff I'm, you know, talking about. And we were talking about Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, and the movie that's coming out about him. And uh, why do I mention on, on Ask the Pastor? Because the guy's a, a very, you know, committed and, and passionate follower of Jesus Christ. You didn't know that, did you? Now, I got an email from uh, my buddy in uh, Toronto, uh, uh, Maureen. I love Maureen. She's wonderful. Thanks for your stick intuitiveness for being on tonight, John. Patience is definitely a virtue. I had no patience at all. I think I was, you know, I was pulling a Lowell Green in the studio here. I was going nuts here, you know, being so frustrated. But anyway, what do you think of Donald's, the Donald's perception of the NFL players taking a knee? By the way, I think Tanya Harding might launch a copyright infringement lawsuit. After all, she had the idea first. I didn't know that. I'm inclined to agree with him. His delivery might be rough, but the gridiron just isn't the place. I do think it's totally disrespectful. Some people who have actually made sacrifices for their country cannot physically stand. They can and won't. You know, and I really didn't want to bring this to the program, Maureen, but because you're such a good lady and I love you, uh, I don't mind commenting on it. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've always been one that's, that's thought, what do you have to do the national anthem before a sports 
uh, uh, activity. Since when has patriotism got anything to do with chasing a puck down the ice? It's not like you're going to war here, okay? Oh, I just waved the flag. You know, I don't see what the fuss is here. And there's no biblical perspective on it whatsoever. I mean, I could go to 2 Timothy 3 where it talks about, you know, what people are going to be like in the last days, and that's what they're like now, okay? Lovers of themselves, lovers of money. I get fit Trump in that category. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, I, I, I mean, you can interpret that in so many different ways, okay? I'm not saying that's the biblical perspective, but I just think it's silly that you got to have the national anthems before sporting events. It, the, the, the tradition started at, around World War II, you know? You know, get people whipped up buying war bonds so we could kill more people, you know? I mean, and I know, you know, the, it was evil and Hitler would have taken over and then, you know, the whole concept of a righteous war. I, I get that, Okay. But we live in relatively peaceful times now. Why do we have to have this tradition of singing the national anthem before sports events? To me, it's dumb. Now, having said that, and I don't mind putting out the name Ben Shapiro, okay? Some of you have heard of Ben Shapiro. I'm going to share an opinion on Ben Shapiro, okay? And this is not hyperbole. I believe this with all my heart because I'm on Twitter and Facebook and reading newspapers and news uh, commentary all the time, okay? Even though most of what I read makes me want to puke, okay? Because the, the world has gotten so insanely stupid and so blindly evil that, I mean, that's why I only do an Ask the Pastor show now because, uh, to me, the only hope for the world is not electing the right party, Okay? Now, some of you conservatives are dancing in the aisles because the foreign research poll came out this weekend. And finally, finally, Andrew Scheer is ahead of, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau in, in, in the polls here. If, if an election were held today, Andrew Scheer would win, according to the latest foreign research poll. And you know what I say to that? Who cares? Who gives a spit in the windstorm? If you think we're going to be going into utopia and that our problems are going to go away if the right party gets voted in, boy, oh boy, I, I wonder whether you have a grasp on, on what it means to, to, to know the reality of knowing God and following Christ. The answer to the world's problems is not the right party. The answer to the world's problems is they need their heart changed. And according to the Bible, the only way your heart can change is if you let Christ come in, Okay. Now, having said that, I talked about Ben Shapiro. In my opinion, and I reserve the right to be wrong when I talk on politics all the time, okay? In my opinion, Ben Shapiro is the most brilliant politically co- political commentator in the world today, okay? And I, I, I don't retweet him. I don't respond to him that much because I, I really don't like getting involved in, in the political nonsense that is Twitter and Facebook nowadays, okay? It's a war zone. I would rather just, if I got something to say, I want to make people laugh or I want to lift up how brilliant and how incredibly wise it is to know Christ and what he can do for you, okay? But, Maureen, you asked me about the whole Trump thing, and I refer you to something that Ben Shapiro retweeted today. And if you want, in my opinion, you want to know the best wisdom on the whole NFL versus Donald Trump, read Ben Shapiro. This guy goes after Trump all the time, and he goes after the left all the time. He's so smart, you can't pin him down on right or left, okay? He's got enemies on both sides. I just find him to be absolutely brilliant. And he retweeted a guy by the name of Ryan Saavedra, and this is what he said. It's pretty succinct. It's pretty to the point. But, boy, I get it. It sums up my attitude here. And, I, again, I reserve the right to be wrong. Number one, 
Trump insults NFL. Number two, more players kneel. Number three, ratings plummet. Number four, Trump mocks ratings. Number five, more players kneel. Number six, ratings crash. Number seven, Trump wins. And then Shapiro said something else earlier in the day, and and, uh, I can't find it. But he said something to the effect of, and I wish I could find it because I'm going to misquote him, and, and uh, I don't like misquoting somebody when he says something really, really smart because I don't want to get it wrong. And uh, the words were of the effect that if you think that uh, uh, taking, an, if you're a football player, and if you think that taking a knee is going to uh, you know, further your cause and build support, you are out of your uh, uh, blankety-blank mind, Okay. So that's all I'm going to say on the whole NFL Trump thing. And I am a big football fan. I did tweet out earlier in the day, though, that, uh, you know, you people that think that this is terrible for the NFL or you think that the NFL has problems with players not standing for the national anthem, that is a Sunday school picnic compared to the whole concussion lawsuits that are coming, okay? Intelligent, intelligent commentators and lawyers, they are predicting literally the downfall, the bankruptcy of the NFL, which is a multi-billion dollar business. And they know enough about the facts and they know enough of where this lawsuit's going. And it's going to take probably a good three to eight years before it's finally resolved. But there's no way the NFL can win this thing. And you're looking at, and that's not hyperbole to say, because anybody that knows what's really going on in that whole concussion thing knows that that they don't have a case. And it doesn't matter how much money they have, they're going to go bankrupt over this with, with the hundreds of players they're gonna, that are already on board suing the, NH, uh, the NFL because of concussions. And the NHL is right behind as well. And they are, they are not responding properly, and even at best, best case scenario is the entire league goes bankrupt and you're going to see salaries plummet like you've never seen before. But that's a political thing. You want me to give you a biblical perspective? Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And that guy, that Nigerian doctor, whoever he was, that they did the movie about, that Will Smith played his role, okay? That guy that exposed how serious this is, man. That guy, I think that guy, is. you could get biblical in in what he's going to do to the NFL. He knew something was wrong, so he exposed it. And it was horrible, horrible how they treated him. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see bullies brought down. It's nice to see people that are pompous and arrogant brought down, you know, by their own uh, uh, greed and arrogance. You know, I don't mind that. And I'm a football fan. Hopefully that's uh, an objective perspective on that. Certainly not. I'm getting, I tried my best on the biblical side of that, didn't I? Okay, if I failed, forgive me. Halloween's coming up. The story was in uh, the Associated Press carried this. It was on the, in the Ottawa papers today. This is in Greenville, Tennessee. A Tennessee sheriff's office... <clears throat> Excuse me. Clear my throat, turn the microphone off so you don't get grossed out. A Tennessee sheriff's office is asking people not to call the agency about a body trapped under a closed, blood-stained garage door. That's because the scene at a home in Greene County isn't real. It's an early Halloween display. Oh, oh isn't that creative? Oh, look at that funny. It's, it's not real. You know, there's blood and guts all over the place, and the, and the garage cut the guy now. Oh, what, what were we thinking? That's my italics added. I go back to the article. The Green County Sheriff's Department said it has been inundated with so many calls about the lifelike display that it posted a message Wednesday on the agency's Facebook page to let people know it's not real. Do not call 911. 
reporting a dead body, says the Post, which includes a photo. Instead, congratulate the homeowner on a great display. Right. Homeowner Joseph Lovergive. The guy's last name's Lovergive. Homeowner Joseph Lovergive told WJHL-TV that his family loves Halloween and always decorates early. He said deputies who responded to the first call took the boot off and the stuffed clothing to make sure it wasn't real. Right. Okay, this is opinion. Opinion warning, okay? People are really afraid of opinions nowadays, especially if you've got convictions, especially if you are, if you are very, very firm on your convictions. No matter what you stand on, if you're firm in your convictions, you intimidate people nowadays. That's how wimpy we become. You know, you've heard the term snowflake. You know, whatever they say, they melt, okay? Here's an opinion. Opinion warning. Heads up. I think Halloween is the biggest waste of time in the world, okay? And thankfully, at least here in the Ottawa region, we have a lot of schools that are not even acknowledging Halloween anymore. Public schools. God bless them. It was the Christian schools that started this. But, I mean, how could you say? All these horribly wicked Gory movies come out at Halloween. It's a celebration of death and torture and gore and dismemberment. Good, clean fun. Oh, come on. I mean, this guy, this guy, you're supposed to congratulate. I'm looking at the picture here. It's a, it's a body cut in half by the garage door and blood everywhere, you know. And the cops want you to go around and congratulate some sicko who thinks that's a good decoration. Get a life. Let me put it in perspective for you. Would you want your daughter dating a guy who loves gory horror flicks and the grosser and gorier the better? Would you want him around your daughter? I mean, let's label it for what it is. During every other time of the year, we think that's psychotic. We think it's sick. Oh, but on Halloween. Ah, it's Halloween. Ah, Sorry. That doesn't fly with me. And I'm not an advocate of telling the kids, no, you can't go out trick-or-treating. You know, I, I would say, you know, let your kids go trick-or-treating and let them know it's all about the candy. Hey, people give you free candy, you know. I know, don't, Guide them away from the gore and crap, you know. In fact, if you got a house that's too gory or too macabre, it, it celebrates the occult. I mean, do you know what goes on in satanic rituals? Do you know what black masses are? And if you get into the details of what some of these people do, that's nothing to celebrate. Stay away from those houses. Don't congratulate them. They're sickos. Oh, it's just good, clean fun. I don't think it is. You want to call in and disagree with me? Call in. 343-700-4390 in the capital region. 343-700-4390. 1-844-562-4766 is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. Speaking of sick. Speaking of Halloween. Oh, you're going to love this. Columbine. Remember Columbine in Colorado? Columbine destroyed my entire career, says the headline. This is Saturday's Sun yesterday. Columbine destroyed my entire career, says Brian Warner. Brian Warner has blamed the 1999 Columbine High School shooting for destroying my entire career. Teenagers Dylan Kleibold and Eric Harris killed 12 students and one teacher at the Colorado school before turning the guns on themselves. Following the tragedy, reports emerged that shooters were fans of Brian Warner's music. Brian Warner? What are you talking about? Well, first of all, I want to say, cry me a river, Brian, you big baby. Now, who's Brian Warner? 
Well, he likes people to call him Marilyn Manson. And he's whining and complaining that fans of his music ruined his career. Honestly, he says, the Columbine era destroyed my entire career at the time. Well, Brian, it didn't destroy it enough because if it did, media people, you know, media people are dumb enough to keep asking for your opinion. It should have destroyed it a lot more because, you know, if they were ignoring you, you know, yeah, then it would have destroyed you. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian, listen. You love ticking people off. That was your whole thing. You love defending people. Oh, you'd love the publicity. Just spell the name right. You would do anything to get your picture on the front of, 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 of a newspaper to be the headline video on MTV. Why are you so surprised people have finally got wise to how much of an empty, cowardly loser you are? Can't believe this guy. This guy would sell his soul to the devil for fame and money, and now he's whining and complaining that the, that the Columbine massacre ruined his career. Dude, when you got priorities as messed up at yours, it's an absolute miracle you were even to put food on the table for a short while. And during an interview with Larry King, I'm back in the article, article uh, interview with Larry King 2013, the singer admitted he knew the shooting would have an impact on his career when he heard the news. I was the best face to attach to it at that time because I put myself in the role of a villain. Because I think villains are the key to any good story, he said. Shows how dumb a guy you are, Brian. In all of the good stories, you just said, I'm a villain because all the good stories have villains. Well, in all the good stories, Brian, the villain loses. Just like you're losing now. It's a lousy story. Now, why are you being so hard on on Brian, John? That doesn't sound like the love of Jesus. Well, I happen to know a little bit about Brian Warner and his background, okay? Brian Warner, poor guy, you know, raised in a very religious environment. And he, at a young age, was, you know, I ain't going to have these these washed-up, hypocritical Christian wackos affect me. In fact, he used to delight in ticking them off. He got his, as early as 12 and 13 years old, this guy was given the, you know, the philosophical finger to everything that was Christian, everything that had to do with morality. You know, I'm going to show you. He was just a cocky little beggar that nobody wanted to pay any attention to, okay? So he was going to show everybody. And people tried to reach out to him. People were kind to him. People were generous. But no, that wasn't enough. He wanted to be the center of attention, and this guy was willing to pay any price to do it. So how do I get my, new, my, my career launched? How do I make money? Well, there's probably a lot of other people that hate God, so I'll just be the most satanic, antichrist, immoral, propaganda-pushing moron out there. Made millions and now he's got the gall to blame two psychopaths, you know, that really took his lyrics seriously, okay? Now he's blaming them for the for the uh, no career anymore. Oh, my, cry me a river. Have you ever read the guy's lyrics, okay? Have you ever read his lyrics? Like, I... I I know what his lyrics say. I would not even repeat them on a show like this that is not subject to, you know, the Canadian Broadcast Standard Council and the CRTC. 
I wouldn't repeat it because they're, they're filthy, they're gross, they're psychotic, they're immoral. And this guy wonders why he's not cutting it anymore. Because people finally wised up when they saw the result of people that feed on that stuff. Oh, John Council says if you listen to Marilyn Manson, you're nuts. No, you're not nuts. You're just a little stupid, that's all. But when you do have kids that are bent that way and they're looking for something to push them over the edge, there's Marilyn Manson ready, ready to drive the dune buggy to take them over the hill. Columbine massacre ruined my career. Oh, my goodness. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. I feel like having some fun. Oh, it's my show. I am going to have some fun. 343-700-4390. It's open line, open topic, whatever you want to talk about. Hey, if you're into politics, check out Ben Shapiro. He's got the most brilliant, the most brilliant political commentator, in my opinion, in the world right now. Okay? one 844 is the long-distance line. That's one 844 562 And uh, you want to email me, jc at com. That's jc at com. I wanted to, I'll tell you what I want to do. When I knew I was bringing this Marilyn Manson story to the to the show, I wanted to come up with the most un-Marilyn Manson tune I could find, okay? What is the the most opposite of Marilyn Manson, Okay. You want to know what the most opposite of Marilyn Manson is? Here it comes, right here. Hope you enjoy it. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rain goes. Disappears, dear, and I feel so fine just to know that you are mine. My life is sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. That's how this refrain goes. So come on, join in. Everybody, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is sure to come your way when you're in love to stay. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when. That was fun, eh? Now, you got to agree, that's the most anti-Marilyn Manson song you could ever think of. And all the hoppiness and fun and singing. I know, you think it's kind of corny, and the tune isn't your kind of tune. But, you know, yeah, you were tapping your foot there, weren't you? You kind of smiling, you kind of rolled your eyes, like, oh, counsel, you're nuts, okay? Chances are, you know, if you're a real fan of Leslie Gore and Sunshine Lollipops, first of all, you're probably 70 or 80 years old if you are. But the chances are, if you're into that type of music, you're not going to take a gun and go try and shoot up your high school. 
Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety is the Capital Region line. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. Pope got into trouble this week. Oh yeah, I'll tell you, he gets in trouble a lot. You know, which I don't. You know, I don't think that's too bad. Sometimes he gets in trouble for being unclear. Sometimes he gets in trouble just, you know, because, well, he's leader of the largest religious body in the world. Conservative Roman Catholic theologians accuse the Pope of spreading heresy. Heresy! You are charged with the crime of heresy. (laughs) Remember that Monty Python skit? I should have played that tonight, you know, Spanish Inquisition. Several dozen tradition-minded Roman Catholic theologians, boy, that sounds like a fun bunch, eh? Several dozen tradition-minded Roman Catholic theologians, priests, and academics have formally accused Pope Francis of spreading heresy with his 2016 opening to divorced and civilly remarried Catholics. Uh Uh-oh. Now you're in trouble, Pope. Oh, you're in trouble. Tradition-minded Roman Catholic theologians, priests, and academics, they'll get you every time. That's not a bunch you want to be ticking off, boy, if you want to keep living in the Vatican. When it was released in April 2016, The Joy of Love, what a delightful title. My, it could be a Leslie Gore tune, couldn't it? When it was released in April 2016, The Joy of Love, that's the the whole thing that got this uh, kerfuffle started, immediately sparked controversy. Because, and I'm quoting the Associated Press article, this is from the Chicago Tribune here, okay? The joy of love immediately sparked controversy because it opened the door to letting civilly remarried Catholics receive communion. Oh, we can't have that. No way. Church teaching holds that unless these Catholics obtain an annulment, and you know how easy they are to get, a church decree that their first marriage was invalid, they cannot receive the sacraments since they are seen as committing adultery. I'm not giving the whole article here, but, you know, it's, it's readily available. Subsequent comments and writings have made clear he intended such wiggle room. Part of his belief, now listen to this. This is Pope Francis now. Part of his belief that God's mercy extends in particular to sinners and that the Eucharist isn't a prize for the perfect, but for nourishment for the weak. Now, where would he ever get a thought like that? You don't think he's actually talking to God, do you? Because that sounds like something that Jesus would say. Or maybe he's finally reading his Bible instead of his traditions, because that's pretty clear in the Bible. The blood of Christ is for sinners. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. Now, I would think the Pope, you know, according to Catholicism, he's Christ's representative on earth. Jesus is described in the Bible as a friend of sinners. I have a tough time believing that Christ's representative on earth would say, no, you can't have communion. No, you're not clean enough. You're a dirty sinner. You just wait outside until us righteous people are done. Then maybe you can have some scraps that fall from the table. I don't know. 
Christ was a friend of sinners. It was even, even Jesus said, I did not come for the people who are well. I came for the sick. You know, people who are well don't need a physician. I'm here for sinners. The book of John says that Christ did not come to condemn the world, but through, the, through his blood, you know, through Christ, they will be saved. I follow the Pope on Twitter, you know, and I go after him on a lot of things. He says some things I really disagree with, okay? So I'll reply. He doesn't know me from, I'm, a mos- I'm not even a mosquito on his windshield. But there are people that follow me, and when the Pope says something that I think is unbiblical, I go after him. But he's 100% correct on this. this theo- these theologians, they're the reason why so many people distrust the Roman Catholic Church. And I certainly do not agree with everything Pope Francis says, but boy, I'll tell you, he's a breath of fresh air compared to these bozos. He's still not my favorite Pope, though. My favorite Pope still is Jean Paul II. But this, I, I like this guy. I, since he, you know what I love most about him? At Christmas time, you know, instead of having the big Christmas mass, you know, religious ritual thing, the guy went out amongst the homeless people and was, you know, uh, helping, uh, uh, spent most of Christmas Day with uh, uh, the homeless people in, in, uh, in and around the Vatican in Rome. That is huge. And he refuses to live in the Vatican palatial apartment where the Pope is supposed to live. He lives in just one of the common rooms, you know, where the rest of the priests live. Love the guy. Back off, you wingnuts. You know, those guys, again, my opinion, okay? You want to accuse me of judging? This has got nothing to do with judging. I have no power to condemn anybody to hell here. I mean, I, 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 and I am reserving the right to be wrong. This bunch that's going after them, if they aren't textbook Pharisees as described in the Gospels, I don't know what is. This guy's getting in trouble for trying to make people who have already gone through the pain of divorce. And the fact that they want to be part of the Catholic Church tells you that there's a draw there, that it means something to them, that they want to be in relationship with Christ. They want to be, you know, part of the church. And the church says, no, you're a second-class citizen. When the Bible says the blood of Christ is effective for cleansing us of all sins, that Christ died once for all sins... My goodness, I mean, turn communion into this, like, you know, brownie points for, you know, people who, you know, can pull it off better than the rest. Wow. Boy, Jesus got some choice things to say, too, you know? Like, you nullify, you nullify the word of God. He said to the Pharisees, and this is a perfect example of it here. He said, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Here, I'll give you the exact quote, and you can look it up for yourself. It's Matthew 5, 6. You nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Here's, a, here's a, a stark textbook example of it right here. Colossians 2 at 8. Here's another one. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. Oh, they like to call it God's tradition. But Jesus knew what it was, and the word of God knows what it is. Which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. What is the principle of Christ? That his blood cleanses from all sin. Does that mean adultery is right? Of course not. It's as, it's as much a sin as it ever was. But if somebody's committed sin, what hope do they have outside of Christ? And what if they do it again? Well, Jesus told his disciples, you're supposed to forgive and forgive and forgive. Seventy times seven. And if you don't forgive, you're not going to heaven. 
Now, did that count just for his apostles, or does it account for anybody that names the name of Christ? I would think for priests and 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 traditional, you know, uh, 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 academics in the Catholic Church, I think it means them as well. Good on you, Francis. Go get him, buddy. Don't let you don't let him push you around. Yeah, live. No mercy there. In fact, time for a tune. Another tune with relevant lyrics. Another tune that you can tap your foot to, listen to the lyrics, and kind of illustrates what I've been talking about. Back after that.
Everybody has some secret wishes. Just keep your fingers crossed, maybe they'll all come true. But don't worry if they just remain a fantasy. Life shows no mercy. Everybody seems the same all over. The search is on for love and comfort constantly. If it comes your way tomorrow, count yourself lucky. Life shows no mercy. Life shows no mercy. And uh, it seems that the tradition-minded Roman Catholic theologians, priests, and academics that are going after Pope Francis, they don't show any mercy either. But Jesus does. What's the exact quote in Matthew 5? Blessed are the merciful. Let me look it up. Because, you know, I I know the Beatitudes, but I want to know what's going to happen to them. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Well, that tells me Pope Francis is probably going to be shown mercy. Can't say the same for those other dudes that are going after him. I think Mike might be on the line here because I kind of recognize the phone number. Is that you, Mike? It is, John. So, Mike, when I was in a panic and I was calling you, how do what do I do to get on air? I started clicking those those gadgets and buttons that you can't see, and the dumb thing came on air. Otherwise, you <laughs> well, and I would not that. be calling. Just, come on, I we you and I would not be talking, and there wouldn't be uh, multiplied tens of thousands of people listening to us right now, Mike. Well, we got a wreck. What's on your mind, Mike? Well, I uh, I noticed uh, an article on uh, popped up on Facebook. Uh, I'm friends on there with Tom Harris, who's friend of the show from I International love Tom Science Harris. Science. And he has written an article in the Sun disclosing the fact that for the past uh, year or so, he's been under investigation by the uh, what is it the Competition Bureau of Canada. What? Um, for for 
disseminating false, possibly disseminating false information. In other words, because him and uh, another two other groups, there were two other scientific groups that are out there challenging this uh, narrative of man-induced uh, climate change. Yeah, that's and he's, really got, what it's about. and he's got tons of scientific data to back up his position. He's, this is a quote from the article. He has written a quote right from one of the letters he received. It says, the Bureau warned us, quote, if the results of an investigation disclose evidence that in the opinion of the commissioner provides the basis for a criminal prosecution. Oh, the matter may be referred to the Attorney General of Canada who determines whether a prosecution should be undertaken. Now, if that's not a threatening letter, I don't being, know what is. We are being led by fools. God, well, what, God deliver us, God deliver us from, from the insanity that has way too much authority in Western culture today. When I hear some of the decisions and some of the priorities that, you know, get passed off as being acceptable and, you know, the public doesn't say a word about it, I, I scream, Jesus, please, will you come? Please, just will you come and straighten out this mess? What's so dangerous about this, you and I and, and the people like uh, Tom, although I don't want to put words in his mouth, but there are those of us that know this is a scam, much less challenge it. Mm-hmm. From from my understanding, Tom and, and the other groups merely challenge it. Challenge yeah, it. Yeah. They question it. They they put opposing facts and, and to try to settle the matter. But uh, they're being investigated for even suggesting that's ridiculous. Why is the other groups not being challenged since this is not so settled? Why are they not being challenged? And we know that they're putting out bogus information. It's been disclosed many times. Well, they've been this, exposed. Uh, they've been exposed as frauds over and over again. And and from their own emails and and other uh, leaks that have yep, proven yep. that they've been doctoring the data. So I mean, yep. that's coming right out of their uh, side of things. But so why aren't they investigating? Because they're espousing a dogma. That you know, it is the dogma of uh, uh, the majority of the media supports it, and the media, and, and the media is, wants to stay in power and wants to stay in control. So they don't want anybody challenging their kingdom. So they cut those uh, attacks off at the knees before they and they discredit and they lie and they slander against them and and you know they make threats of putting them in jail just because they happen to disagree, even though they've got mountains of, of scientific data to back it up. But this is the government. This is the well, full yeah, weight of the, the government. government coming after yeah. private people or I- I- institutions, threatening them for daring to challenge the now political corrected norm, well, which I, is really just Marxist, Mike, diet, whatever the Marxist agenda is. Mike, you remember is, the, the sleepy public are the people that elect those people. They don't care. No, and that's, that's part of the problem. Yeah, uh, Game of Thrones is on. Who cares, you know? Stuff. Game of Thrones well, yeah, is on. The, the attitude is, if it's happening to somebody else and not me, I'm not saying nothing. To heck with them. I'm okay, and I'm not getting into it. I don't want it to come at me. Meantime, this stuff is going on. This is why Caledonia went on, and nobody gives a crap. Yep. This is why that uh, Linda Gibbons has spent, what, 10 years in jail? In for jail. holding a picture of a baby? Yep. There are, I mean, Ben <laughs> Levin... The most influential man in the in the in the D- Department of Education in Ontario, okay, 
who is a convicted pedophile, okay, shaped, you know, the the so-called morality of what the new sex education curriculum is, which is mandatory, which is messing up kids' heads and families like never before in this province, okay? Linda Gibson has spent three, when when, when Ben Levin has served his sentence, Linda Gibson will have spent four times as much time in jail for trying to save babies she spent more than four times as much time in jail as as a convicted pedophile in this province, and and yeah. the voters and the voters keep voting these people back in. I'll tell you, Kathleen Wynn's going to be she's going to get voted in again. She is. I'm telling you. When you when when you start to see these cases and they're starting to pop up in the UK, they're popping up in Canada, they're popping up in in the states. Now it's also becoming Christians being arrested or. Uh, arrested for using threatening language, meaning they quoted something out of the Bible. They didn't. They didn't espouse their own opinion. They literally just read well, from the Bible, here's, here's, and that's here's, gotten them in trouble. Here's a, here's and now a, you've got people. Here's a, here's a story I'm going to get to tonight. Okay, ACLU is suing Michigan for allowing religious adoption agencies to turn away gay couples. These are private, private, private adoption agencies run by Christians, okay? And because of their religious convictions, they don't, you know, they they turn away gay couples, okay? They're private, and now they're getting sued. And there have been Christian adoption agencies, private adoption agencies all across North America that have been closing up, okay? In other words, these people are so psycho, they would rather have kids not even go to, and there's a glut of kids that need to be adopted, okay? They'd rather have uh, these kids not get adopted than the people who have carried the brunt of caring for these kids in foster programs, uh, you know, because they happen to be Christians. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, we'd rather have the kids suffer than allow these people to continue. So you have thousands of kids in, in, in the states now that are not getting adopted because of these, uh, 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 these I call them fascist gay activist laws. When now they're threatening to take away if you're a foster parent, and then this will go to the parents as well. If your parent, uh, if you're a parent of a child that, I don't know, someone puts it in the kid's head that they're transgendered, and the parent says, uh, "No, they're not." That kid could be taken from you. That's already law. That's to, already law. That's already law in Ontario, Mike. I've done shows on it. There, they are. See, what we're seeing is this is we are now transitioning from soft tyranny. Um, and bad government to a hard tyranny. And, and the courts and the, and the justice system are now being used to criminalize language that, like, so you're criminalizing dissenting opinions as, as uh, somehow uh, harmful or hateful. And this is becoming buzzwords, too. When I hear so-called fake Christian uh, and conservative leaders saying that, well, we don't tolerate hate or intolerance, that's code words. Those are buzzwords yep. now. That's, that's hint, hint. They follow the Bible. We don't. We have a, a more open a, a approach. Well, we, what we they mean is we'll, page we don't like. What they mean is we'll say anything to get elected and stay in power. Yeah, it's, in other words, it's sort of like when it, you get these groups that say that they're, they're against uh, Israeli apartheid, and everybody should be against Israeli apartheid, except for the fact that they're not committing apartheid. Yeah. So you're committing, you're, you're basically blaming them for something that they're not even doing in the first place. Yeah. And that's what's happening. So what I'm beginning to see now is it's becoming more and more common where they're going after dissenting opinion. It's being marginalized, demonized, and criminalized. 
and, and you're going to start seeing this. It doesn't matter if you're challenging uh, the, the uh, refugee program, if you're questioning Islam or anti-Islam legislation, if you're questioning gay marriage, if you're questioning men in the women's locker rooms or transgender issues or any of this stuff, if you qu- anything that is contrary to the progressive Marxist uh, agenda, they are going to start coming after you, and they're going to go after you independently, privately, and, and with the hope that other people will not get involved. And this is what's allowing it, because people really are turning a blind eye to this and allowing it to happen. We are literally in the 1930s Germany. I really believe this. Cardinal of Chicago in 2012, just months before he died, said, I will die in this hospital. I'm not getting out. My cancer is advanced. I'm going to be dying in this hospital. My successor will probably die in prison. And his successor will probably die in a public execution. And I think what he has prophesied, and I don't see any reason to believe why it is not going to unfold like that in the next 15 to 30 years. I am not I seeing, I am not seeing, faster. I am not seeing any, any, you know, moral or spiritual revolution from the grassroots rise up and saying, enough is enough. This is totalitarian fascism. This is anti-freedom. And, you know, that's not what our nations were founded on. They were founded on a belief in God and Jesus Christ and every, and every nation that has, that has followed Christ and been biblical, okay? Any other faith has been allowed to practice with impunity, okay, and, 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 and with no uh, uh, restrictions. But you take a look at those nations that are not Christian, okay? you got, you got Hindu terrorists now that are, are, are threatening and they're burning churches in India now. And, and, and it's not – but the problem is when you throw out your morality and your belief system and you fill the void with nothing, then the worst of the worst takes over. And that's what we're seeing in Western culture now. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, uh, it's, it's sad that the, the society is not reacting to it, but if anything, the society is embracing this. They are, they're on board with this program now. If, if they don't like what you say, they're calling somebody, go get them. And, and so the, in a way, the society is embracing this more and more. It's, it's, I, you know, hey, you watch those hey. movies of, of, you know, the 30s and, and where, you know, these families, and all of a sudden the, their family is talking about, well, you know, those dirty Jews, and suddenly that was our neighbor. What are you talking about? I Holy cow. But it's yeah. coming out of your friends and neighbors. This is, so this mentality is starting to permeate all around us, and there are people, you and me, and people listening, we are going to be seeing this. They're going to come at us. Do you know who's becoming a, you know, a, a kind of like a, a left-wing pop culture icon? They're even starting to wear his T-shirts in the States. Kim Jong-un, the leader of the most oppressive, totalitarian, hateful, restrictive, you know, uh, regime in the world. But because he is, you know, sticking his tongue out at Donald Trump and because he's standing up to him, he is becoming the folk hero of the of you know the left in the United States right now. That's how ridiculously insane it's becoming. That's why Jesus and, said, you know, as it was during the times of Noah, so shall it be prior to the coming of Christ. And that you know they were uh, they were marrying and giving in marriage, and the earth was corrupt, and it was full of violence. That's what it was. That's those are Jesus's words in Matthew twenty four and twenty five. 
And and once again, not to play the broken record, but this really is, I do believe, God giving us over to our, our sinful ways yeah, and Romans desires. 1. He's turned us over to blindness. Yeah, Romans 1, right? Turn them over to depraved mind. Mike, great call, as usual. Thanks, Thanks for calling in, buddy. I want to get to that story that I just uh, mentioned when uh, uh, just before, while Mike was on the air. And uh, I read you the headline. The American Civil Liberties Union has filed a lawsuit against Michigan for allowing religious adoption agencies to refuse to place children in the homes of same-sex couples. The ACLU announced on its website last Wednesday that it filed the lawsuit at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services at the Michigan Children's Services Agency on behalf of families that say they've been turned away from adopting children due to their same-sex relationships. These are private adoption agencies. These are not government-funded, okay? There are 13,000 children in Michigan's child welfare system, allowing agencies to turn away loving, qualified families based on religious criteria. It creates fewer families for children, reducing their chances of being placed in a suitable family or family at all, okay? I mean, that's a statement from uh, uh, the ACLU of Michigan's LGBT project. Michigan passed the law. Here's the background of it. They're not even recognizing the law. Michigan passed the law protecting religious adoption agencies back in June 2015 when it was signed by the state's Republican Governor Rick Snyder. A number of Roman Catholic and evangelical adoption agencies around the country have said they have chosen to close their doors rather than be pressured into violating their conscience by allowing children to be adopted by gay couples. The Michigan Catholic Conference came out with a statement on Wednesday defending the 2015 Michigan law that grants religious exemptions. Faith-based agencies comprise a significant percentage of adoption and foster care placements in the state. Their work has spanned decades and has placed thousands of vulnerable children in loving homes over many years, the statement read. Their work also provides material assistance to the homeless, counseling to those afflicted by addictions, placement for refugees, fleeing war-torn countries, and other invaluable services to the vulnerable among us. You know why they do that? Because the non-religious organizations, there's nobody that'll do it. It's Christian organizations that step step into the gap and, 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 you know, minister to the suffering here. Catholic agencies are staffed and administered by persons who love their job or dedicated to helping families and bring their faith with them into the workplace to serve others. I mean, these whacked out... LGBTQ fascists would rather to see would rather see the suffering continue to suffer and not get the help they need than allowing people who are devoted to Jesus Christ be allowed to do their work. That's how addicted they are to their lifestyle. Pro-life organizations such as Focus on the Family have also come out in defense of Michigan laws in the face of the ACLU opposition. Jim Daly, focus of the family president, said in an interview with USA Today that his group strongly supports the religious freedom rights of all businesses and organizations, including faith-based adoption agencies. Not only has the U.S. Supreme Court's Hobby Lobby and Trinity Lutheran decisions reaffirmed longstanding principles by which government should respect the free exercise rights of organizations that seek to operate according to their deeply held beliefs, but such respect enables entities like faith-based adoption agencies to fill the critical need in society. I mean, the Christophobia and the, theo, the, the theophobia, which is a hatred of God and a hatred for all things Christ-like, is, is, is starting to reach epidemic proportions. I'm waiting for them to institute a law, you know, that uh, I'm going to have to walk around with a yellow cross sewed onto my sleeves. Oh, John, you're being sensational. No, I'm not.
Here's another example. This is in Britain. This is mind-blowing, okay? University in England, listen to this, is banning research into transgender surgery regrets. In other words, this guy wants to do his master's on people who have regretted going into transgender uh, 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 transformation. They don't even want people to hear the negative side of it. A public university in the United Kingdom has refused to allow a researcher to look into the cases of people who regretted having gender reassignment surgery and transitioned back to living as their birth sex. The the university says such a study may be detrimental to the reputation of the institution, according to a report. This, This is amazing. James Caspian, a psychotherapist, proposed to do the study for a master's degree in counseling and psychotherapy at Bath Spa University but was refused permission, according to the Sunday Times. The university explained that the potentially politically incorrect research could be criticized on the Internet and thereby harm the reputation of the institution. Bath Spa is violating the most basic tenets of academic and intellectual freedom of inquiry, Caspian, who specializes in therapy for transgender people. This guy's an expert already. And they don't want anybody to know the LGBTQ fascist gay agenda is so getting, getting so megalomaniacal and totalitarian that they don't want anybody even doing any research into the possibility that there are people out there that regret going through gender reassignment. This is amazing. The rejection slip stated, Engaging in a potentially politically incorrect piece of research carries the risk to the university. Attacks on social media may not be confined to the researcher, but may involve the university. In other words, they're more interested in protecting their politically correct dogma than investigating for truth. How do you like that? A recent report written by three well-respected medical experts and scholars questioned the safety and effectiveness of pressuring pressuring gender-confused children to undergo radical and experimental puberty-blocking hormone therapy, therapy, even though the treatment and its side effects haven't yet been adequately researched by the science and medical communities. We got this stuff going on here in Canada right now. It goes on at CHEO here in Ottawa. Kids that haven't reached puberty, their puberty hormones are being blocked. The report, Growing Pain's Problem with Puberty Suppression in Treating Gender Dysphoria, argued that while puberty suppression therapy through hormone intervention is increasingly being recommended for children with gender dysphoria, and at younger ages there's little evidence that shows that puberty suppression is reversible, safe, or effective for treating gender dysphoria. Psychologists do not understand what causes gender dysphoria in children and adolescents or how to distinguish reliably between children who will only temporarily express feelings of being the opposite sex from children whose gender dysphoria will be more persistent. Until much more is known about gender dysphoria and until controlled clinical trials of puberty suppression are carried out, this intervention should be considered experimental, the report stated. Regardless of the good intentions of the physicians and parents to expose young people to such treatments is to endanger them. And the LGBTQ lobby is so forceful and so powerful, it doesn't even want even want the possibility that some scientific research may show that, hey, look it, this isn't what it's all cracked up to be. There's a lot of people being harmed by this, and there's thousands that are regretting doing it now. Because that goes against their political totalitarian agenda. That hasn't put me in prison yet, but it wants to, and voices like mine... Please, I say it again, the only solution for the madness that has become our culture is not electing the proper people. 
I like what Michael Brown said a couple weeks ago on Twitter. He said, if our religious leaders of today lived like the disciples of Christ, a lot of them would be dead or in jail. Remember, if you're a follower of Christ, your leader, your, got, your leader got executed. He was tortured to death for claiming to be God. And he was such a threat to the political correctness and the institutions of his day that they even, they even co-conspired with the oppressors of the day to kill that guy. And Jesus said, Jesus said, all men will hate you because of me. And he also said, he also said, be very, very wary when all men speak well of you. I got about seven or eight minutes left. I told you I'd go past 11 tonight because of the late start. I'm going to try and get one more call in here. Oh, what happened? Are you there? Something happened. They were on the air and they were they were gone. So whoever, if you're still listening online, uh, I tried to get you on air. Call back again right away. I'm going to try very quickly right now, but we're running out of time. Okay? I got seven minutes of program left. And I would love to spend it with that caller that was online and then they just disappeared. Okay? 343-700-4390 if you need the number again. 343-700-4390. is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. Came across this. In fact, I tweeted this out there. You really need to read this to believe it because I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't read it myself. Benny Hinn. A lot of you know who Benny Hinn is. And just me saying his name, you're thinking, oh, man, what's counsel got on Benny Hinn? Well, Benny Hinn's nephew. Yeah, Benny Hinn's nephew has been interviewed in an extensive article that is in, that is in if you go to the Christianity Today website, but I did tweet it out there, and it's on the Late Night Council Facebook page. You need to read the entire thing. I don't have time to read the entire thing. But the headline reads, Benny Hinn is my uncle, but prosperity preaching isn't for me. How do you like that, eh? Give you a little bit of it here. Though Jesus Christ was still part of our gospel, God was more of a magic genie than the king of kings, rubbing him the right way by giving money and having enough faith would unlock your spiritual inheritance. God's goal was not his glory, but our gain. His grace was not to set us free from sin, but to make us rich. The abundant life he offered wasn't eternal. It was now. We lived the prosperity gospel. This is Benny Hinn's nephew I'm quoting here. Within the family, we didn't tolerate criticism. One day I asked my father if he would go heal my friend from school who had lost her hair due to cancer. He replied that we should pray for her at home rather than go to heal her. I thought to myself, shouldn't we be doing what the apostles did if we had the same gift? At that point, I didn't question our ability to heal, but doubts began to stir about our motives. We only did healings in the Crusades, where music created the atmosphere, money changed hands, and people approached us with the right amount of faith. The word right is in quotation marks. Before going to college, I took a year off and joined Benny's ministry as a catcher, someone who catches the people who are, quote, slain in the spirit, and personal assistant. This was a rite of passage in my family, and nearly every nephew worked for him at some point. It was a show of loyalty and gratitude. 
That year was a whirlwind tour of luxury. $25,000 a night royal suites in Dubai, seaside resorts in Greece, tours of the Swiss Alps, villas on Lake Como in Italy, basking on the Golden Coast of Australia, shopping sprees at Harrods in London, and numerous trips to Israel, Hawaii, and everywhere in between. The pay was great. We flew on our own private Gulfstream, and I got to buy custom suits. All I had to do was catch people and look spiritual. This is Benny Hinn's nephew I'm quoting here. Long-standing beliefs were failing the biblical test. No longer did I believe that God's purpose was to make me happy, healthy, and wealthy. Instead, I saw that he wanted me to live for him regardless of what I could get from him. In other words, the kids smartened up. What's he doing now? He's a youth pastor in Orange County. Doesn't have a lot of critical things to say, but I guess he started reading the Bible, and he started, you know, seeing people the way Jesus does. I'm sure Benny's very upset with him. That's good. I like ticking off hypocrites. I really do. I like ticking off people who pervert the Bible. Do you? Oh, John, that's pretty judgmental. Hey, I'm not the one that sends them to hell or heaven. I got no authority to judge whatsoever. The Bible says, by your fruits, you're going to know them. And Jesus ordered us. You see, here's a scripture on judgment that everybody likes to ignore. Everybody likes to quote the one where Jesus said, don't you judge or you're going to be judged. But everybody ignores Everybody ignores Christ's words in Luke 12, 5, 57, when he says, why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? Everybody ignores Jesus' words in John 7, 24, where he says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. He commanded us to exercise discernment. Life is judgment. You are making decisions about what you're going to do and where your priorities are going to be all the time. And usually when somebody says, well, I don't want to judge, it's because they're not that very firm in their convictions. And they kind of get tossed to and fro by the wind, you know? Whatever the popular uh, opinion is, that's where they're at. 1 Corinthians 5, 6, 2. 1 Corinthians 6, 2. Paul writes, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? All kinds of scripture and exercising discernment and making decisions. That the people who always love to quote, don't judge, they don't even know those scriptures exist. You know why? Because most of them never pick up a Bible. They don't have a clue what Jesus really said. They don't have a clue what biblical morality is. They don't really know what love, mercy, and grace is either. Because there's a lot of people exercising love, mercy, and grace and are criticized because they're making a judgment call. They're making a judgment call to be merciful and gracious. That in itself is a judgment call right there. In a lot of cases, you can't go too wrong when you're being merciful and gracious. There's no problem expressing opinions, folks, if you reserve the right to be wrong. And if I'm wrong, God nail me. Because I'd rather express an opinion, okay, and because and, and, the word also says to hate evil. And I know what evil is. I know what sin looks like. I, the Bible's pretty explicit on the difference between good and evil, light and darkness. Christians aren't supposed to hate. Read your Bible. It says it over a dozen times in the Bible. To love God, to fear God, if you're really going to be serious about following God, you have to develop a hatred for evil. Not evildoers, but evil. We went on overtime tonight. Thanks for tuning in.
Next week it's going to be 9 o'clock. If there's any hitches, I guarantee you we're going to find them. Sound's going to go dead in less than 10 seconds. Appreciate you hanging in with me tonight. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Email me.